0: Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyover Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to an episode of Flyover Labs, and this podcast is part of our new theme on big ideas, and this one is around Solar solar energy, to be specific. And we're going to have a series of podcasts diving into solar and what it takes to take off more in the Midwest and uh, even specifically Wisconsin. So this first podcast is with Niels Walter. And Niels has a tremendous solar background, working on many different projects and initiatives over his, um, his career. So we'll, we'll let Niels give uh, those details. And for his fir- first podcast, Niels is, Niels is going to focus on um, kind of give us a broad overview on solar, and we'll dive into maybe some more details in later um, podcasts. So uh, Niels, thanks for uh, coming on the show today.
1: Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Definitely. And uh, before we jump in on you know, more specific on solar, can you give us a little bit of, about
1: your background? Yeah, you know I'm going to go way back in that <laughs> my parents were immigrants from Germany, and they, um, they grew up during World War II and lived in a, in a climate of you know, resource constraint and had been forced to live simply. And as a kid growing up, I, you know, that's how I was raised. And somehow through my education and early job careers, I evolved into becoming a solar energy consultant. Uh, I've got degrees in geology. I worked for uh, Chevron USA, which is a huge oil and gas corporation and then ended up with a second master's from University of Wisconsin in energy analysis and policy. Um, from Chevron, I learned I don't really work well in big corporations, so since those days I've really worked for small consulting firms where interesting work could come along and I could kind of grab hold of it and learn and start doing that work. And about 20 years ago, I got an opportunity to do a little solar project, and from that I just kind of expanded. What uh, was that project,
0: that first one? It was
1: to look at a... Um, University of Research Park in Madison, which was growing, and they were saying, well, you know, how much solar could we add there, and could we offset any needs that the local electric utility has to upgrade their distribution uh, system for electric power? And it was like a $5,000 grant that we got from the state, and uh my first project, and I went way overboard on it. I spent many more hours than they had budget. <laughs> just learning everything I could about solar, and that was the first one. Um, and I ended up, you know, 10 years later, five years later, running or helping run the states of Wisconsin's renewable energy program. I ran the solar PV program for almost 10 years, and in that process really got to know all the installers and investors and technologies and the finances, and you know, so it was this great education experience.
0: Interesting. And what do you, uh, what do you up to these days now?
1: So these days I've got a little firm called Madison Solar Consulting, and mainly I work as an owner's agent. And so I have clients such as school districts, religious orders, uh, large commercial or industrial customers, cities, counties, you know, so forth, who you know, want to do solar, um, but they're not really sure. Does it make sense? How, you know, how big should it be? Um, you know, I help them write grants. I help run their request for proposal process, help them pick, you know, who they should hire, help them, uh, you know, negotiate details of the contract. school districts, I might go in and do some educational systems, uh, educational ses- uh, sessions. Uh, so yeah, I just have fun with it and just help them any way I can to help them understand if the project makes sense and then to go forward with installing it. And these are all systems that basically you know they, they sit at the customer site and generally you know most almost all the power stays behind the meter so what it does is it just offsets their usage and that offset is you know their retail rate of power so that's where you get the best economics
0: and uh and before we jump in what, what was one of your most favorite or interesting projects you've uh, worked on if you
1: can think yeah of well that. i've got one client yeah. i'm still helping him and what's really cool is that some of these clients, mostly if they're business owners, I mean, generally they've been successful. Often they've, you know, back in the seventies, they wanted to do solar, but it just didn't make sense. And so they went off and did other things and were quite successful. So I've got a client who had you know, who's that way and he ended up having a manufacturing facility and basically, you know, asked me to help him cover his roof with solar panels. And then the second phase of that it was like he wanted to consider batteries to back up the solar and help him use more of the solar and not put it onto the grid. And now actually he's thinking about developing some solar products and he's asking me to help him develop those products or give mm-hmm. some insights in mean, his very minor role right now. And who knows it might not end up being much of anything, but still just a fascinating person who's, you know, I've gotten to know um, who's got some amazing ideas and it's just really fun. You know, it's one thing about solar is that, uh, the people who are interested in it, it is you know a pretty small group and they're people like me you know so i get along with them <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> and we're trying to do good stuff you know so it's a it's, it's a fun place to be i guess i encourage all your listeners if you know they're interested in solar to you know to look into it and it's got huge potential uh, in many different ways uh, and it's got a lot of growth potential in the next 30 40 50 years so it's a fun little segment to be in
0: so let's uh, let's chat about that now. And so what I'm thinking is maybe you can give us kind of a the current state of solar in the sense of like if you could like break down one of your projects so you worked on. It can be a generic project and commercial is fine or whatever you feel more comfortable. Commercial versus residential, just to get a feel for like you know how much power it offset. What was like the payback? Um, so it's kind of like the current state. And then you know I'd be interested to hear more why you think solar is not more widespread so um, but first yeah. you maybe kind us like the current state um if you
1: could you know the current state is that the prices have come down tremendously um you know over the last five six years maybe some of you know your listeners have heard about you know trump's new import duties and some of the solar panels that's bumped it up a bit recently but regardless you know the prices are again now drifting down slowly um, so it just gets increasingly economic. There's also some nice, you know, tax credits that are out there for residential and commercial owners that help um, offset the, the first cost. Um, I would say for residential, you know, here in the Midwest, you're talking about maybe a seven to 12 year simple payback period. If you're a commercial customer, um, and again, you're just paying out of the pocket, uh, you're probably looking at more three to seven year payback period. Wow. Those projects are, you know, they're bigger, and you also get to do a depreciation of the technology, so that helps with your return. You know, and what's interesting is, you know, these panels have 25-year warranties. They should last 30, 40, maybe 50 years. The inverters increasingly have 15-year warranties, and, you know, inverter prices are actually pretty low, so if you have to replace one in the future, it's not that bad. So the panels make DC power. The inverters switch that to alternating current you know, of a quality better than what the utility sends you. Um, those are really the two main components. Um, so the economics are quite good.
0: And uh, and, the, and that payback, that includes everything. Like can you can just walk us through the different components of an installation and what yeah, it all really, t- and what the, it all takes like connecting to the grid and you know, yeah, the steps.
1: I mean, really you have to find someone to install the system and you know when they give you a bid it includes everything um, it includes you know all the parts you know the you know the, the solar panels or modules the inverter the racking and what, what they call the balance of system which is you know the conduit and wires and any kind of electrical panel parts that they need um and uh, you know, of course it includes, includes labor um And you know all the you know any permits or fees to to connect to the grid or upgrades to the to the uh, electric panel, so that's all included. Um, And you know you might some people will sign a maintenance uh, maintenance agreement with the installer. Typically, not residential. Uh, Sometimes the commercial customers will. So there's not really a lot of costs. And some of the actually for residential, often the installers so will also fill out your application materials for a state incentive if your state has an incentive program and those incentives can cover let's say 10 to 20 percent of the project cost the tax credit for residential residential 30 percent of the system cost so um it adds up pretty quick
0: and those uh those credits or incentive financial incentives that that that's including those that payback period you were talking about the, the yeah. okay yep interesting and uh so you know what are you seeing you know why three seven years sounds like a pretty fast payback for commercial let's focus on that because that seems even more economically sound you know why doesn't everyone do it <laughs> what's a are people just not know about the you know a five-year payback you know that's about a 20 percent return every year like that's pretty good like that's very hard to find
1: um yeah you know i think maybe number one barrier is just that people don't know and then maybe number two is that they have a lot of competing you know uh needs for for their capital you know maybe they can expand the production line and get a return of one and a half years yeah yeah and then also i think there's just and that's kind of why I take the role I do is I kind of try to be their agent when they want to consider and, and then install a system is that it's just this complicated thing, you know, and there's a lot of parts to it. And it's hard to understand even all the different tax credits and how it impacts them and writing grant applications and knowing who to pick. And every bid they get has a different solar panel manufacturer and different inverter. And they're a little bit different. And, you know, how do they decide it just, It's a long decision process where there's a lot of places you can say, oh, forget it. You know, just I don't have time for this. Um, And I would say for residential, just me focus on that for a second, is that, you know, it's a big first cost. So then you need financing. And in Wisconsin, we're not kind of really clearly allowed to offer uh, what's called a power purchase agreement or a lease they are kind of it's called a PPA power purchase purchase agreement or lease. These are very popular, I'm like in California, Arizona, on the East Coast, where a lot more solar is going in. Can you
0: explain what those... that is basically? Oh, yeah. Is that <laughs> you're, you're having that <laughs> go ahead?
1: <laughs> rather than the homeowner buying the system up front, they sign an agreement, you know, either a lease or power purchase agreement, and basically what they're saying is that we'll buy the power from the solar system. Um, you guys still own it, whatever company installed it, could be, be SolarCity or Sunrun or Tesla. They install it. They own it. They take all their commercial tax credits from it, and you just lease it from them or buy the power through a power purchase agreement. Um, and the premise basically is is that the power you buy from your solar is less than what that power would have cost had you bought it from your utility. So there's no upfront cost. You just say, yes, go ahead and put it up there. And you save money from day one. And then typically, there's some, you know, after a period of time, you know, seven, 15, 20 years, it probably depends, you can, you can buy it out at some, you know, much reduced price at its depreciated value. Um, and in states where that's happening, you'll see, you know, a lot more solar going in um, than in places like Wisconsin, where that's not really legal, don't really have the right policies. Place to, to permit that,
0: and and I've always wondered, I've been frustrated, why that isn't allowed in Wisconsin, or it just didn't make sense to me. Do you know why?
1: Yeah, you know, actually, twelve years ago, I tried to write uh, a law with a couple legislature uh, with a couple legislators, and the utilities just quickly came down on it and it was stopped in its tracks. So there's you know a lot of interest in the utilities holding on to their business model. And uh, being the sole provider of electricity, you know they have a regulated monopoly, and that gives them, you know, the right to be the only provider of electric power in their service territory. Um, and so they would argue that you know, having some other companies selling power to homeowners, you know, isn't, you know breaks that monopoly.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And, and they don't want to necessarily. And of, course,
1: and, and of course, there's like legal defenses of it, but you know, right now there's. You know the the climate in Wisconsin is just not really that supportive of the leasing and power purchase agreements. But I think as the prices of solar fall, it's going to be harder and harder to you know to keep that in place.
0: What what about the uh, solar installing company? Could, can they ever give like financing where there is essentially you know providing a loan?
1: Is that allowed? Yeah, or... and I think there's people who do that. They'll they'll go they'll go to their bank and get a home equity loan and. And use that and some of the module manufacturers through their installer base will offer some some financing, but it doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, there's kind of no upfront cost and you save money from day one. That's a lot easier thing to sell than um okay to use your home equity line and make payments and all that.
0: And and right now all most of the installations you see going in, whether like commercial or residential, are they all connected to the grid? I mean, do you ever see a standalone Operation.
1: You know, there are still standalone operations going in, but those are usually for, you know, smaller energy users that are located far from the grid so that the solar costs less than what it would cost to bring power to the site. There are very few customers, you know, now that the battery prices are start, starting to drop, there are few customers who are, you know, like in an urban location and trying to be, you know, off grid. So cutting their utility connection, having solar panels and batteries. And in our climate, we need a generator, you know, because I know I remember months of December and November where you had maybe 10 hours of sunshine. So you've got to have some kind of backup source. Uh, so to com- go completely off the grid, you know, in Wisconsin, is kind of a challenge unless, we, unless you have a backup, could be LP or natural gas generator. If you live in the Southwest somewhere, you know, where it's sunny every day, almost, going can be a lot easier.
0: Gotcha. And how much, and this is kind of a loaded question, but how much do, do batteries add to the price of a installation? Um, you know, it, it probably depends how, how, many, how many, how much power you want to have. Um, but yeah, just trying to figure out, cause like my thought is like, how can we get to the point where you, know, you could have standalone installations and they could actually make sense economically um i feel like we're pretty far away from that but
1: um. you know i think we're getting in wisconsin it's a challenge to be you know off the grids because we have cloudy winters yeah we have a lot of heating needs you know because if you go off the grid then you have to find a way to heat your home if you want to do that with electricity it you know uses quite a lot there's uh, these heat pump technologies are quite efficient but still you need quite a bit of power um now I lost track of your question. Oh yeah, just trying <laughs> to figure out, like. So, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so to go off, totally off the grid, you know, for me, if you think about it, um, you know, we're going to need the grid. Uh, it's hard to power a hospital complex with to, with a few solar panels sprinkled <laughs> on its roof. It's not going to happen. I mean, we need the grid, and if you think about you know optimizing the whole system, you could think of okay, you know, you're not home, your solar is producing power. You put power on the grid during the day. You know, when the hospital down the road is using that power, perfect. And then at night, you know, maybe it's windy in Kansas and there's a lot of wind power coming into Wisconsin um, and you can charge your car at night, you know, or, you know, so kind of just, you know, optimizing the whole system for everybody, kind of the smart grid is what it's called. I think that's a great goal rather than just trying to like cut lines and trying to be self sufficient. I think that's also fascinating and people will do it and it's quite interesting. And if the utilities don't treat us well, and battery prices drop far enough, we can start doing that, and then they have to start treating us better. You know, um, so it's, it'll be—it's so fun to watch how this will evolve and how technology changes and how prices fall. I think the the the, the price drop of solar over the last five years has just shocked a lot of people. Mostly the utilities—they're—they're they're wondering if their business models, you know, threatened, and they have to rethink it.
0: And that was my next question. It was what you know. What do you have an idea of what that drop might be, like percentage wise that you've seen, like even a range, or
1: in the last five years? So the percentage drop in system price, you know, in the last you know, maybe five, six, seven, eight years, it's probably about half, uh, wow. or or more, wow. maybe sixty percent, sixty five percent. And it's interesting. There's you know, if you go to Hawaii where their price of power is much higher because they have to bring in basically diesel fuel, you know, by boat. They're paying three or four times what we're paying here in the Midwest. And you'll see so much solar that the utility has actually said, look, nobody can put more solar up because the the grid can no longer handle all this daytime, you know, sunny day production. You can only put it up if you include batteries, um, you know, in your system. And so now, of course, there's a lot more batteries going into Hawaii. uh, And as the battery prices drop, that also, you know, really transforms things. Uh, So that's pretty much maybe even more exciting than seeing the solar prices drop and seeing the battery prices drop. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with also the wind prices have been dropping and, you know, the big utility scale wind. So those three things together, it'll be very interesting to watch uh, how that, develops.
0: So in, in theory, in five years, if that price drop keeps continues, that seven to twelve year payback residential could be three and a half to six years. In theory.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that price drop is going to continue okay. so much. I mean the price mainly dropped because um China said, Hey, here's it something we can produce, these solar panels, you know, and we can do it on a huge scale and employ a lot of people and It'd be a big economic driver for us. Uh So they just went whole hog at making the panels. And then that just pulled the global price down mm-hmm. and made it into a commodity. And luckily, a very high-quality commodity. They've got, you know, like the best assembly line. largely automated assembly lines putting these panels together. Really? Wow. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, they're making really good stuff.
0: Interesting. Okay, and... And just for fun like uh, on a, I don't know how much you know about battery technology but you know what would it take you know for one of your projects to go pretty much I mean they could still be connected to the grid but pretty much have enough battery to sustain and maybe it doesn't have to even be in wisconsin but um I mean do you have an idea how much those batteries might cost compared to the the cost of the pro- installation um,
1: and if yeah sure, you know for homeowner for a homeowner that's pretty easy i mean okay. first of course you want to make that home as efficient as you could and have efficient behavior um and then it's not so hard if you have a good south facing roof to probably make enough power with the solar maybe that'll cost you i don't know 10 to 20 thousand dollars okay and then for the batteries maybe it's an equivalent but you know so right now the batteries are kind of warrantied for about 10 years so you might have to replace them for 10 years so if you looking at kind of life cycle costing, it's gonna cost quite quite a pretty chunk. And then like I say, at least in our climate in the upper Midwest or anywhere in the northern two states, you need to um have a backup generator and either use some natural gas or some LP, something like that to, to kind of run the place when it's not sunny, you know, you know, for more than a few days. What? I think it's doable, but it'll be pricey. <laughs> but it might make sense because, you know. Look at your electric bill, it's not cheap. And and possibly if you look at your electric bill, at least here in Wisconsin, there's just like a monthly customer charge. Oh, I know. You pay if you use power or not, and that was recently, you know, significantly increased. NASA Gas Electric had been talking about increasing it to almost like ninety-five dollars a month. What? And if and, and if that's what they were doing like three or four years ago, they were gonna just have a customer charge because it was like almost a hundred dollars a month. And that would you know, at that level, in a couple of years, who could say, huh, economics have gone off the grid with the little generator look pretty good. So I'm actually pretty hopeful. Again, I don't think we'll see it first here in Madison or the Midwest. We'll see it first, you know, in the Southwest where it's sunny I and mean, electric rates are maybe higher. We'll see it in Hawaii. I'm sure it's already happening there.
0: So even in Wisconsin or, or maybe out in the Southwest, Um, you, so with, let's say, a residential installation, is there enough sun during the day to power up? Let's say you had unlimited budget for batteries, enough enough energy to store enough energy in batteries so that, you know, cloudy days and overnights you'd be fine. I mean you know what I'm saying? Like for a home enough, yeah.
1: For a home, yes. Okay. For like a wastewater treatment plant or a Ford assembly line or something, you need to have some giant fields full of solar panels. You know, if you go to Actually places like Staples and Home Depot and IKEA a lot of those places over the last 10 years or be more five to six years about seven years have been putting solar panels on those rooftops even you don't know it but actually quite a few of the targets around uh, Wisconsin have solar panels on their roof. but typically if you cover like a, that kind of commercial building with solar panels you're gonna offset maybe 10 20 percent of the use. Um so the rooftop isn't enough.
0: You need to go, you know, ground mounted. Gotcha. But for my home, in theory, I could uh put it solar panels and I have a very sunny home. There's like nil shade. <laughs> so at least uh yeah, no no trees. But um you could buy enough batteries that in theory could go off the grid. It'd probably be cost prohibitive, prohibitive and cost too much, right? But you would get enough uh solar energy, yeah, do that. cool, definitely. You oh, could do, it. Yeah, can do so, it today, really. So, it's, it's a really a battery. And if you want to do it, let me know, I'll, <laughs> and I'll give you some names so you can get some bits. Awesome, that would be very interesting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, right, part of it is I just didn't know that it was seven to 12 years for residential, you know, probably the last time I kind of really looked into it is probably more like 12 to 20, to be honest. And that was probably, you know, three or four years ago,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, when I first started looking into this. When I got that first little project doing solar, I looked into the payback period. It was like 80 years, <laughs> and I kind of scratched my head, like, "What the heck are you doing? Why are you doing this?" Oh,
0: that's awesome! That's amazing. Yeah. 80 years, yeah. man. Well, that, it must be pretty fun to actually like see it now, really kind of like coming into its prime, and you know, like like you mentioned in an email we sent that We Energies in Wisconsin put up a, it's putting up a 300 megawatt. Solar, you know, grid installation that's going to replace a coal plant. That's a that's amazing. You it's know, incredible.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, can you imagine? So again, like I
1: say, it's like really fun to be in. I encourage all of you guys, all you listeners, to do something with solar.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, it would be really interesting to see what the payback would be to go completely off grid. I don't think I'd I would do it. It's more like it's probably we're probably getting more to like the. 30 years <laughs> it would be an interesting number to figure out someday um, yeah you
1: know it's interesting so you know i've got solar on my house now on the last two houses i've had solar um madison gas and electric when i did this they had a special electric rate where they wanted to include customer-owned solar in their green power rate so a lot of utilities will have like this extra charge you can make all your power green most of that will come from wind farms but they wanted a little few percent of that coming from locally owned solar systems. So they actually, all the solar I make with the system, the panels on my roof, um, I have a four and a half kilowatt system. It cost me quite a lot of money because it was, you know, seven, eight years ago. (laughs) Um, but they pay me 25 cents. So all that power goes on the grid. They pay me 25 cents. And then I buy my power at the normal price, which is now more around, I don't know, 13 cents, 14 cents. Um, and the thing is that I make so much more power than I need because uh, I'm a real energy. I probably use a third as much as a normal home. And the system produces more than I need. And then I get this kind of, even when I use power, it's less than what they pay me that for the last seven years, I've not paid a, a gas or electric bill. <laughs> <No> <laughs> so,
0: way. Wow. so my
1: house is energy bill zero. I might not be off the grid, but I'm energy bill zero. Um and I think I calculated in those days my back period was something like 12, 13 years. So another four years or so I should be I should be break-even.
0: And is that deal still um, around? Does mg e still pay 25 cents?
1: A kilowatt? So it was a contract that was good. No, it, they just, I think they had two megawatts of solar. Okay. They just had room for that much. And it filled up, took a few years to fill it. Because, again, this is back when solar cost you know, three or four times what it does now. So it was, wasn't so wasn't so active. Uh, but it filled up, and it's a 10-year contract. So, after, so in a couple more years, I'll have to figure out what to do. <laughs> Can't really overproduce. So my plan is to get an electric car and drive a lot on Sunshine. So I'm looking
0: forward to that. Well, that was my other question. Yeah, that was a good Thanks for bringing it up because we're, we're nearing the end here, and I have another question. But, yeah, I was curious about the electric vehicles. and I mean, could you ever have a – system where, because electric vehicles has a pretty big uh, battery pack, you know, where that would help supplement kind of the your needs as well, bringing energy in and out. And maybe that's a mess and not possible, but um, that might help. No, it's
1: totally possible. You know, again, you might not want to. I mean, you could have solar panels like a four kilowatt system will generate um, you know, 5,000 kilowatt hours a year and you get about you know four miles per kilowatt hour in electric vehicle, so you could drive twenty thousand miles. so you could wow. put a four kilowatt system on your roof and drive twenty thousand miles a year. And I might have some numbers around that. I'm sure your readers will uh, or your, your or your listeners will correct my errors, but uh <laughs> so basically, doesn't take that much solar. and then the thing is the solar panel or the solar system could work for thirty or forty years and you could just keep driving your electric car on you know twenty thousand miles a year for you know not really that much money for forty years. So you can do it, but again, it might make more kind of sense to the grid that you're making power in the middle of the day, and it goes to the to the hospital next door when they need the power, and then at night when power is really cheap, that's when you charge your car. So it might not be like the solar electron that goes into your car's battery, but still, in a sense, you could think of it as you're you know you're putting solar on the grid and you're taking it off later to charge your car.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's totally doable. Okay,
0: and you know before we end here. You know, w- what do you see or what do you recommend to make uh solar even more viable or more attractive? You know, is there policies or is it just education or um financing? I think there's edu- yeah.
1: Yeah, I think education is a big part of it. And I think definitely you know, getting the politicians to support this. And there's a lot of ways that actually like the all these tax credits and stuff, I kinda of like to see them drop away, which is the current plan that they'll fall away by twenty twenty two, I think. Because um, um, I really just want it to be strong on its own without the need, huh. the need of tax, but it's but then there's just so many little policy details that are just haven't been updated to this kind of to the new renewable world where solar and batteries and wind is all getting you know cost effective and makes sense and and then just to kind of treat the the customers more fairly because right now it's kind of all built for utilities providing the power. But there's just a lot of you know now customers can make power, and the policy landscape just doesn't really reflect that in many ways. So we need to work on that,
0: like like uh, allowing a power purchase agreement for uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, That'd be a good yeah, one. or even
1: you know like right now, um, once you know for like a larger commercial project if you put power onto the grid during any 15 minute, uh, any 15 minute interval it's valued at kind of the utilities, like it's called like a, at their avoided cost, So it's a two to three cents a kilowatt hour. And yet here it is. It's, you know, it's, it's solar power. It's the middle of the day. It's, you know, it's on the distribution system. It's going right to their neighbors, you know, uh, electric meters and offsetting that use. And just to say, it's the same thing as a coal plant running Mm -hmm. somewhere and giving it that value. It's just kind of wrong as far as I'm concerned. So to give that kind of more of a realistic value. And then, because right now, if I go to, let's say, a wastewater treatment plant, I can't put more than, you know, I can't put more solar on there than maybe 15 or 20% of their annual use. Because they start putting power onto the grid and that power is worth very little. So it hurts the economics of the project.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well that's a all right, that's a pretty good uh, way to end. Although one more personal question I always like to ask, uh, what do you like doing in your uh free time outside of solar? Or maybe it's researching more solar, but
1: <laughs> No, yeah. no. Over 20 years I try to do other things. So I'm very much into finding my endorphins by um biking, uh, skate skiing, mountain biking, you know, road biking uh Ice skating. Cool. I can't run anymore because of my knees, you know, swimming, lake swimming, lap swimming. Wow. So I like to be active. I also got some big vegetable gardens. So I like to grow stuff like garlic and spinach and tomatoes and peppers. So
0: You sound like a super healthy person. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're probably one of the top uh, three healthiest people I've uh, ever yeah, I don't know about that. Well, or maybe the top. I don't know who the other two would be, but. Yeah, that's cool. All right. I love it.
1: Yeah. I guess I recommend everybody who's stuck in front of the computer screen all day at work that they go out and find their endorphins and kind of get happy. Yep. I mean,
0: it's,
1: a, it's a good
0: path. I'm with you. I'm with you. With, cool. with, without that, my wife knows I get super grumpy. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, just go, just go. No, um, Right. Do something. That's right. Well, Neil thanks for uh, coming on our show. This has been great. And, uh, a really good intro to solar and what's possible. And it surprisingly is even better than I, uh, you know, I've done some research, but uh, yeah, it's been really nice yep. to hear yeah, the
1: Like I say, it's fun. It, it's exciting. It's frustrating too, because you see so much potential in it. Yeah. Not doing it yet, but still. I am mean, also some of these installers are just so busy. They're like, no, 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 don't, we don't need any more work, you know, you know, and, and they're looking for people to hire. So it's, it's, you know, it's kind of maxed out in some of these too. And uh, and thank you. I've I've enjoyed this conversation.
0: Definitely. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Flyer Labs. As always, I definitely appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Niels. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye.